What a very, very special night that we have to gather here tonight. Uh, my name is Ben. I'm a pastor here at Hope. Uh, thankful to be here with you. Uh, just reflecting on those words of that last song that we got a chance to sing. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. What a beautiful proclamation that is for each and every one of us here tonight. For those of you who remember Pastor Chuck, uh, this is one of his absolute favorites that he got a chance to sing. Uh, it's a hymn uh, back in the 1900s that was written by a man named George Bernard. Uh, he was a, a hymn composer and an American preacher, and uh, there was a time in his life that he experienced an incredibly challenging season of ministry that allowed him and led them, him to this point of really wondering what the power of the cross was. These are his words. He says, I was praying for a fuller understanding of the cross. And as I studied and prayed, the Christ of the cross became more than a symbol. I could see the words of John 3.16, leave the page and take form and act out the meaning of redemption. And while watching this scene in my mind's eye, the theme of the song came to me, and with it, the melody. For Bernard, the cross meant everything. And so I want to ask you here tonight, as we're gathered here, what comes to mind for you when you consider the cross? What comes to mind for you when you consider the cross? Regardless of where we're all at here this evening, I think we can agree that there is something compelling about the cross, isn't there? And as I was thinking about this and as I was thinking about our time together for the, this evening, I was trying to wonder, why is there anything compelling about this? And I think what was coming to mind is just the complete irony of what the cross is. Consider those words we just sang. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. Oftentimes in our culture, when we consider the cross, we do not think of suffering and shame but we see it as a symbol to be tattooed onto our bodies, to be worn around our necks, to be hung up on our walls and our homes. It's something to find enjoyment from. It's something to proudly show to those around us. But what about for Jesus? When Jesus looked upon the cross in which he would be crucified, did he find enjoyment in that cross? When Jesus looked at the cross, did he think to himself, this is something I'm going to be able to show off to those around me? Matthew 26, verse 38, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. You see, for Jesus, the cross was not a symbol, but it was a sentence. It was a death Sentence, And that's why we look to verse 39. He says, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. In other words, don't let them spit in my face. Don't let them hurt me. Don't let them take my own cross up to the place in which I will breathe my last. Don't let them press a crown of thorns against my head and don't leave me for hours to cry out with all my might, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Oh, the weight of, of the cross that Jesus was to bear. But then he closed out that sentence, yet not my will, but your will be done. Oftentimes when we read the New Testament, Jesus says, my time has not yet come, but it is on this night 
that he said, my time has come to be delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise up, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. The cross truly was the emblem of suffering and of shame, and so why do we sing for joy at the cross tonight? Why do we tattoo it on ourselves? Why do we wear it as jewelry? Why do we hang it up? How can we allow for such a horrible, treacherous, terrible day to be called good? And that's where the lyrics continue. For it is on that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. We do not sing for joy at the suffering of the Son of God on a cross. I heard it said once that if we had been there on that day, if we had seen what took place, we would have thrown up. We would have cried out with everything, don't let this happen. We would have done anything we could just to get it to stop. We would have not sung for joy. How can you sing for joy at the crucifixion of the Son of God? For it was our sin that cracked the whip on his flesh. It was our sin that pierced his skull with thorns. It was our sin that spat upon his precious face. And it was our sin tonight that drove the nail into his hands and into his feet. How are we supposed to handle this in this moment? Why do we sing for joy? We do not sing for joy because the Son of God died, but we sing for why he died. We sing because of his steadfast motivation of love to endure it, because of his great love for the world. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only Son. So whoever believes should not perish but have eternal life. We believe and we sing for joy because in it he received all glory, honor, and power. Why do we sing for joy at the cross? Because of what he accomplished. Think about it with me. The cross, the worst instrument of torture ever created. This instrument of torture that despised and shamed anyone who went on it, but in this night, he was not despised and he was not shamed, but he conquered it through to the end by remaining steadfast. Just because of his reason to seek and to save that was, which was lost. Why do we sing for joy? We sing for joy because in the cross, he has forever defeated the power of sin, death, the grave, hell, and the devil for all eternity. He has provided a way for us to have eternal life, the forgiveness of our sin that we can never repay. He cried out his last words, it is finished. The debt has been paid. Everything that we could ever owe for our sin is taken care of through the precious blood of Christ shed for us on the cross. Therefore, as the the hymn goes on to say, I will cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. And I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. Jesus was born so that he could die. And he died so that you and I could have life in him. And so tonight, the question that I want to leave you with is what are the trophies in your life that you need to lay down tonight? What is the sin in your life that you know is separating you from him, that you know is what drove the nails into his hands and his feet? What are the things that you treasure in this life over your relationship 
with the Lord. First John says, whoever says they don't have sin deceives themselves and the truth is not in them. But whoever confesses their sin, their God who is faithful and who is just will forgive them of their sin and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And so tonight we're going to do just that. We're going to come to him and we're going to have a time to respond. For anyone who's online with us here this evening, there's uh, a little description of how you can respond for whoever is here this evening, we have four crosses throughout the sanctuary, one in the two corners by the doors and two who are up in front. And whenever you are ready, I just invite you to come forward in these next few moments to pick up a hammer and to pick up a nail and to put that nail in the cross and to hammer your sin to the cross. And in so doing, remember the reason for which he died and the reason for which he went there in the first place so that we could be redeemed and be set free forever and ever. I invite you to come forward now.